Hello everyone, this is Adam, and this is Amir, and welcome to Music of Destruction. Today is Season 2, Episode 8 of the podcast, and we're doing this episode uh, a day early than usual. We usually make our episodes on Saturdays, but due to conflicting work schedules and everything, we decided to do it a day early just so it doesn't conflict with that. So, you guys are going to be getting this episode a day early, but rest assured, uh, next weekend, which is August 29th, on next Saturday, it will be our season finale, and everything's going to be back on track after that point. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into our first little topic. We have three topics that we're talking about today. First one is two bands, and another one is another topic. So the first one, this band has been around probably since what, like the, the late 60s to early 70s? They've released 19 studio albums. I still cannot fucking believe that. 19 albums. With their last one being in 2013. And the band we're talking about is Black Sabbath. Okay, so... We've been saying that we were going to talk about these guys for a while now. I believe we mentioned it in a few previous episodes. But Black Sabbath. These guys have been around like over 40 plus years. And holy shit. Like what in it, what what the what a hell of a career they had. How do you feel about Black Sabbath, Amir? A legendary band, man. You really can't beat them. I mean, if it wasn't for them, I don't think metal would have taken off the way that it did. Oh, they've released 19 studio albums throughout their career. 19. A lot of bands don't even make it that far. Some will reach a certain point and then call it quits. And they usually don't even get past like maybe 8 to maybe 10 at most. And this is all from a span from 1970 through 2013. So I'm gonna, I have a list here. I'm going to read off every single album. And I'm going to say what vocalist was with each album as it came out. I'm going to say the year it came out. And I'm going to go down this list. Okay, so first we have 1970, which is their self-titled album, Black Sabbath. Then you have their second album, Paranoid, which was released the same year. And I think that's, I believe that was the album that had, you know, the classic Iron Man, War Pigs and stuff like that. Third album, Master of Reality, which was 1971. And these first eight albums are going to be with Ozzy in the band. He was with the band for about nine, ten years before he got fired. So, album four, which is just called Volume Four, 1972. Fifth album, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, 1973. Sixth album, Sabotage, 1975. Seventh album, Technical Ecstasy, 1976. Their eighth album, which was also their final album with Ozzy, until they reunited with the band with him at the end of the career, which was Never Say Die, 1978. Ozzy was fired from the band in 1979. 1980, which was their ninth studio album, Heaven and Hell. This is when they got Ronnie James Dio as a replacement for their, uh, for their band. After Ozzy's firing. Tenth album, Mob Rules, 1981. 
11th album, which was 1983. Ronnie was not with this album. And it was an only album with vocalist Ian Gillian, which was also... He was formerly with a band called Deep Purple, I believe. 11th album... Wait. 12th album, 7th Star, 1986. This album was with vocalist Glenn Hughes. Ironically, he was also with the band Deep Purple. I believe he was their bassist and their vocalist. And this guy was ended up joining Deep Purple after their original vocalist, Ian, left. It was either that or it was the other way around. I'm not too sure. But I know it was one of those. Album 13, The Eternal Idol, 1987. Their first album with vocalist Tony Martin. Tony Martin currently ranks as the second longest lasting vocalist with Black Sabbath behind Ozzy. This is a long list. Album 14, Headless Cross, 1989. was Tony Martin's second album with the group. Album 15, Tear, 1990. Tony Martin's third album with the band. Album 16, Dehumanizer, 1992. Ronnie James Dio took over as vocalist again, apparently after Tony Martin left the band, between the two-year gap between these two albums. So Ronnie took over for this album. Album 17, Cross Purposes. Tony Martin rejoined the band again, because apparently Ronnie had actually left between the two gap between that album and this album. And this album, Cross Purposes, is 1994. Their 18th album, Forbidden, 1995. Tony Martin stayed with the band again. It was also his last album with the group. And then it would be not until 2013 when the band would release their 19th and final studio album, 13. And they reunited with Ozzy as their vocalist for their last album. Holy crap. That was like so much to say. What are your thoughts on everything? It's crazy to think that, you know, a band could have 19 studio albums. But an interesting thing about that is that for most of those albums, Tony didn't even want to label it under Black Sabbath. He wanted it to be something either solo or under a completely different name because he felt that the sound didn't resemble what Black Sabbath was. However, record labels at the time kept going back and forth with him saying that you're not going to sell anything unless it's under Black Sabbath. So whether you like it or not, we're going to put it under the Sabbath name. So literally anything Tony touched, they were say, oh, this is this is work of Black Sabbath. And Tony would say, no, this, this is not. But of course, in the end, the record label, you know, had their way. Oh, this is crazy, man. They... The, the fact that we're talking about this band, because me, me and you love love Black Sabbath. Like, we've, we've always been huge fans of Black Sabbath. But the fact that they've had a lot of changing vocalists and even changing members, but for for today's sake, we're going to talk about vocalists just for, just for today. They've had a lot of different singers. With Ozzy, they had, they had Ozzy, Ronnie James Dio, Ian Gillian briefly, Glenn Hughes, Tony Martin, they had like five different vocalists over over like their, their 40 plus year career. And it's kind of funny because 
another topic we're talking about later on towards the end of this episode is bands changing vocalists. And the other band we're getting, we're going to talk about here in a little bit is has also had a vocal vocalist change. So <clears throat> we listened to each one of these these vocalist albums of a time when they were with the group. Two of these vocalists were only with the band for one album each. So it kind of really wasn't, it kind of didn't really take that long to actually kind of listen to some of their work, especially when two out of the five vocalists weren't really with the band for just one album. But, um, so obviously we skipped over Ozzy because, you know, Ozzy is like who we mainly listen to with Black Sabbath. So we skipped over Ozzy and we went straight to Ronnie James Dio. How do you feel about how he was in the band with Black Sabbath? I think, you know, next to Ozzy, he was the second best vocalist they've ever had. Because he, he was a great singer, you know, both his solo work and the work he did with Sabbath. He was amazing then. He had a great voice. It was a, it was a little tough getting into, you know, because his, his style uh, didn't really suit Sabbath at first, but after a couple of listens, I got used to it, and I, you know, I found him to be a great vocalist. Uh, Ozzy's still going to be my number one, of course, but Dio is definitely a close second. Yeah, I remember we listened to uh, what was it? We we listened to Heaven and Hell. That was Ronnie's first album with the group after Ozzy got fired, and we listened to the title track, and the title track it was like about a seven minute song. Holy crap! Like. Ronnie did some like amazing work like with that song and I think he's just a great singer man like as I was listening to that song like it was hitting me like at certain moments when he would hit like certain like certain vocal tones and just the way like the song was laid out every Sabbath song no matter how good or bad people may have thought it was all the music in every single song was always on point. Like all the drum work, all the bass work, Tony Lumi's amazing guitar work. Like no matter what song they can make, they always have amazing music to show for it. So whether you like their vocalists or you hate them, their music itself is always on point, at least to me. What, uh, do you remember how long, when did you first start listening to Sabbath? Do you happen to remember? Uh, probably during middle school, really, when I discovered them. And, you know, I listened to a couple of songs here and there, but I didn't really start listening to them heavily and exploring their other work until maybe high school. Yeah, I started listening to them probably... Because um, I, I used to play Guitar Hero a lot with all my friends and stuff. And, you know, uh, Guitar Hero 2 specifically, you know, they I think they had some Sabbath songs on that, on that game. They actually had War Pigs on that game, if I'm not mistaken. But um, I remember we would always play that game a lot, and we would always hear we would always hear Sabbath on the radio. We'd always hear like Ozzy playing like Sabbath songs. We'd hear War Pigs, Iron Man, Paranoid. Like Sabbath, Sabbath goes back a long way. Like, and I'm talking about like maybe 11, 12 years old for me. It's probably like around the first time I started hearing about them. It's really thanks to Guitar Hero and and some of the radio. My dad used to listen to Black Sabbath a lot too, so he there's a chance he was probably 
I think he might have actually shown me the band too because he he's a big he's a big metal listener like that with with Sabbath and like he likes all those older type of bands too. But they they've been a huge they've been a huge part of my life. And let me ask you this: in all the albums that you've listened to, I don't I I don't know if you've actually listened to all of them yet or not, but uh, do you have like a, a specific favorite one? Self-titled is a great album. You know, that kind of kickstarted things. So. Paranoid. But they, they kept that signature sound, yeah. Oh, uh, shit. Probably their second album, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, Paranoid. Yeah, Paranoid. Because, um, I don't know, man. Like, the other vocalist just, just didn't do it for me the way Ozzy did. Yeah, like, um, I wasn't really a big fan of Ian's. Like personally, I, w- I wasn't really a fan of his his singing style for the band. And Glenn was a little bit better, but it wasn't by that much. Tony Tony was better, but um, like I can't I can't remember what vocalist it was. It might have been Ian or Glenn, but I remember one of them. I was saying one of them when we were listening to them on one of their records. I ended up saying like the way one of their singing styles was. They were trying to sound like the lead singer from ACDC with like their vocal tone and what was that thing that you said about about the about one of their vocalists I can't uh, remember Dio whenever he wrote his music for uh, Heaven and Hell I'm telling you man half of the songs on there sound like they belong on a Rocky Four soundtrack <laughs> I remember when you told me that I started laughing I actually did agree with you <laughs> Uh, for me, uh, it, it would easily probably have to be either Paranoid or even their album, their final album, 13. There's just so many great songs on their last album, like God is Dead, The End is the Beginning. Probably my personal, one of my personal favorites, Peace of Mind. We listened to that just a little bit ago. It was so great to hear Ozzy back in the band for, you know, for their last go. And honestly, I think, you know, it sucks that they're not around anymore, but, but you know, after making music for over 40 years and stuff, you know, I can understand why they decided to call it quits. I mean, they, they've done so much. They probably, maybe they probably just wanted to move, move on and do other things. I remember I was reading an interview with Tony and he was saying like, uh, even though Sabbath is over now, he's still eager to like make more music. Like he's still eager to get back on guitar and like just shred and make more music. But I'm pretty sure he said that, um, he doesn't want to work with Ozzy again, <laughs> which is understandable. But uh, I mean, they've 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 had a big history together ever since their inception back in you know their debut album back in seventy. But uh, I w- personally I wouldn't mind them seeing like doing another collab together somehow. Yeah, maybe not necessarily an album because uh, I think they ended it off perfectly. But you know, maybe torn together. Uh, if we ever get a chance to see them tour, you know, with Corona and all that, or maybe just a, a song uh, collab with Tony on guitar, and you know, I think it'd be interesting to see. I think they could do it, man. I mean, you know, honestly, they don't have to be in a band together. I mean, they can just, you know, they can just take some time and just maybe make a track here and there, and, you know, because if they're both eager to make music, you know, 
you know what? Well, you got nothing to lose. Especially during this time right now, I mean. I still need to watch the, uh, the, uh, the Tony, uh, it's like a, not a documentary, you could say. It's like, um, it's like a memoir type of thing where, uh, he, he talks for like a good hour, I guess, on, on his career with Sabbath. Which he was the only constant member of the band throughout all these years. Like, people were coming and going, whether it was vocalists, bassists. Like, people were just coming and going after all these years. And he was like the, the one constant in the group. But, um, yeah, my, my, my two favorite albums definitely Paranoid and 13. And I, I think they... It sucks that they're not around anymore. I'm going to miss them making music. But if it had to end, I'd, I would happy, I'd be happy you ended with 13. And a fun fact about that. Um, the reason the album is called 13 is actually... I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. It was Sabbath taking a shot at their, at their, uh, their label company. <laughs> because when they were getting ready to record their last album... Their, their label was like pressuring them to when they're making their album they wanted them to have at least 13 songs I guess for their for their like last hoorah or something like that because you know like a standard album is anywhere between like 10 to 13 songs I think so the label was trying to pressure them to make 13 songs for the for the uh, for the album and they pretty much just said uh, no you can go fuck yourself and they ended up only making like 11 songs for the for the album and I guess they just kept the title you know just to, for the fact that the label was telling them to make 13 songs and they only ended up making like 11 I thought that was pretty interesting Ugh. these guys have gone through like so much stuff like in all these albums and all these vocal changes and everything like, it's hard to imagine, like, all the shit there. I can't imagine what was going through Tony's head. You know, like, after all these 40-plus years and, like, all these people, like, coming and going through the group. Like, you ever thought, like, it probably could have, like, gotten to his head a little bit? Like, come on, guys. Like, really? <laughs> either stay or either stay or go. Like, come on. Because, <laughs> you know, there's he, they had vocalists, like, leaving and coming back, like, after another couple years and then leaving again. And then, you know, like, they, they got Ozzy coming back for their last album. And then Ronnie came back for, like, one one more album. And then Tony came back after that. <laughs> like, he was all over the fucking place. I can't imagine where his mind probably was. <laughs> what about you? How, how do you think he felt about that? Yeah, honestly, I think it was probably driving him crazy after a while. I think, honestly, I, honestly, I think he lost some passion for Black Sabbath. He probably thought... You know, fuck it, I'm gonna make my own music. See where it goes. But like I said, the record company was like, nah, it's gonna be either Sabbath or nothing. Yeah, if it were me, I'd be frustrated too. I mean, that's a lot of stuff that he probably had to deal with. I mean, obviously, you know, we weren't there, so we can't really say for certain. But like me personally, like if I was in his shoes at the time, like they, it probably would have bugged the hell out of me. Like I probably would have been like, all right, guys. You're either a part of this group or you're not. If you're not, there's the door. Either stay or go. But like I said, I don't know the process of what was going on between, you know, them leaving and coming back. 
maybe it was disputes between the band members or maybe it was like the record company or something or maybe it was money issues like who who the, who the heck knows it could have been like any number of things Ugh. 19 albums man like it's it still baffles me alright so I guess on that note we're going to end this discussion for Black Sabbath right here um, we're going to take a short little break it's been about almost 20 minutes since we started talking about Sabbath so we're going to take a short little intermission and then we come back we're going to move on to our next band which I'm really excited about because this, this band has a big special place to me which is Saving Abel Okay, so now we're moving on from Sabbath, and now we're going to be talking about Saving Abel. This band has been a huge part of my life ever since I was about maybe 14. When my dad first showed me the band, one day when I was hanging out with him and we were riding around in his truck, and I think he either I think he actually had their debut album in his truck. And we played it on the radio, and that's kind of that's the first time I actually heard them. He was we were listening to Addicted, and that was the first time I heard the group. Um, but before I get into all all of how I feel about the band, Amir, I just let you listen to all pretty much. I let you sample every album that they currently have. They have four currently, and we sampled one EP. So, tell me how you feel about the band. And with their two vocalists. I think they're a pretty good band, man. Personally, I think Jared is the better singer at the moment. But, you know, Scotty, he only had one album under his belt. We'll give him some more time. Maybe he'll prove himself to be better than Jared. You know, opinions always change, so you never know. But these guys are consistent. They have great music, a great sound. You know, they're moving into a heavier sound. Uh on their latest record with Scotty and I, overall man it's just there's not really any bad songs from this group you know like every album you listen to and you just kind of fall in love with it I remember the first song you showed me was Addicted and that song just kind of took off for us we were listening to, we were listening to it everywhere we would go that song took off with the band too that was their first single they released together as a group and that song was written, I think, like around, uh, it was either 2004 or 2006 is when it was written, but they didn't record it until like a little bit later. But Jared wrote that song and he wrote it when he was like in a doctor's office or something. And he was, he was either working as a, some kind of physician or something, or he was writing out while he was on call or something. And it kind of just, it kind of just went on from there. And that's eventually one that came and became the song "Addicted." But um, there's just something there's something about Jared singing that just like it just kind of draws you in, you know, like his his vocal style and how he can hit certain notes just the right way, or how he can hit a certain tone at just the right moment in a song. And there's just something about him that like he he has like he he was made to sing you know he he just got like the perfect singing voice 
and he was with the group for about nine years. They performed, they, they formed in 2004 and he was with the band until like 2000, till the end of 2013. And then Scotty joined the band and he's been with the band ever since. And they released their first album with Scotty in 2014. And I got to see them at concert. I believe I mentioned this, I think probably last season when we were talking about our concert experiences. But I got to see them in uh, live about four years ago, and it was back in March. And I got to see Scotty perform live with the band. And I'll just say, the way he sounds like on on the, on the record for Bloodstained Revolution, exactly how he sounds live. Like he doesn't sound a tad different. His voice isn't doesn't change. He has like the same voice, and I think that's just amazing. I love that when singers can actually sound the same as they do like whenever they're recording it. Because I know a lot of bands, whenever they record, sometimes they'll sound one way, and then when you hear them play live, they're just like, shit. So I'm actually glad he doesn't fall into that category. And I got to meet the guy too. I got to meet I got to meet about three out of the four band members, because I think one of their members wasn't... Uh, after they were done playing the show, I think one of the band members was either in the back doing something else or... Maybe he stepped away from it, but I got to meet three out of the four members. One of the members being being Scotty Lee Vocals. Really, 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 really chill ass guy. And um, I have a Saving Able tattoo right here on my on my right forearm that I got because of how much the band has changed my life uh, with their music. And when I got to the after the concert was over, uh, the band was kind of just walking around. They were signing autographs and stuff like that. And I actually got to meet them. I showed them my tattoo and everything. And they're like, dude, that's fucking badass. And he's like, all right, hey, uh, we're going to do two things real quick. First, first thing is come over here. So he invites me over to the bar. And he 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 lets me take a, take a shot of, uh, of Jack Daniels with him. And normally I'm not a drinking person, but I'm not going to fucking turn down a shot, you know, with, their, with the lead singer of one of my favorite bands. So, you know, I fucking take the shot and everything. It kind of fucked with my head just a little bit, but like that was pretty much it. And then we got to talk with them for a few minutes. They they hung around for a little bit. I got to meet their guitarist Scott Barley. He's a really really chill ass dude. He's uh, he makes his own music now too. Whenever he's not with a band, he's actually got a solo album out right now that I listen to. It's actually really cool. Um, Jared actually featured on one of his songs uh, from his album I think a few years ago that he released. It's called Gypsy Soul. And Jared actually sings on that song. That's a really, really good song. And I got to meet their bassist, I believe, too, which is really, really cool. I got to take pictures with him, and they uh, they gave me a signed copy of their of their album Bloodstained Revolution. I have it around here somewhere. It's probably in one of these boxes. But uh, um, I got the album signed by Scotty himself, and this jacket that I was wearing is a it was a black and white skull jacket. Um, they signed my sweater too, right here, like on the left side, like next to where one of my, uh, uh little string pulley strings or were. And that, that concert was so amazing. They played like so many great songs and like, it was one of the best nights of my life. I got to see one of my favorite bands play. I got to meet them and leading on to where, uh, to where I was going with that first thing. As I said, there were two things. He said, one, let's get a shot. And the second of all, he said, I want you to come over here and talk to my talk to our band manager. 
So I went over there and talked to the guy and they gave me their email. Like he told me, um, the band gave me his email and he said, Scotty said to email him. So when I sent him an email, he said, Hey, uh, I got this, I got your email from the band. They, they told me to send you a picture of my tattoo because I, I had had my tattoo for about a year at this point. And he told me to send, send them, send him a picture of my tattoo and their manager emailed me back and he's like, wow, that's a true dedicated fan. Um, so here's the thing. Email me a few days before a show, before a show that's coming up when the band decides to perform either in your city or wherever. And we'll be sure to get you free permanent tickets every time like they, they come to your city or your town or wherever. So literally now, from now on, if they ever come back here again, I can instantly come back. And that right there was just one of the best things that ever happened to me. And I, I don't regret getting this tattoo because, you know, it got me free tickets for life for one of my favorite bands every time they want to come here. And because how much of their music has changed my life for the better. You know, I was, I've been in really dark places before and then I started listening to their music and it, it did help me turn, turn myself around and it showed me that, you know, just because it's bad now doesn't mean it's always going to be bad. You know, there's, you know, you can work your way through this. You just have to, you have to put in the effort and if you put in the effort, you know, it will show. So their music really has changed my life for the better. Um, I'm always going to listen to them. They're always going to be one of my favorite bands. I really wish I would have gotten to meet Jared when he was when he was with the group, and that was unfortunate that I didn't. But maybe one day, you know, after all this all this COVID shit is over, maybe I can catch him live in a concert one day, and maybe I can finally get to hear him play. Because I've been keeping up with his solo work and everything. I we listened to a couple of his samples of the songs, but uh, who knows? Maybe one day I can catch him at a concert, and maybe I can get to meet him. And everything is it'd be really cool it'd be really cool to actually get to meet him but uh yeah great band if you have listened to them go listen to them I think you'll like them um they make some really great music they currently have four albums out right now I think you'll like all of them um Amir you got anything else you want to say about Saving Able? Uh, not much man I just I really hope they continue on the path that they're on and you know I'm really excited to see what the future holds for the guy especially Scotty you know yeah definitely he was a really really cool guy and like I, I, I could I wish he could have been there to actually meet him he would, he's like he's such a chill guy you know he's doing pretty well right now in lockdown he's been spending time with his family and stuff but uh, so, what a what a freaking amazing band and you know I, I like you said I can't wait to see where they go from here you know, I guess only time will tell. But anyway, it's been about ten minutes or so, so we're gonna we're gonna take one last little short break. We're gonna move on to our last subject of this episode. So hold tight, and we'll be right back. Okay, we're back, everyone. 
And now we're moving on to our final subject of today's episode, which is going to be bands changing vocalists. There's been a lot of them. And so let's name off a list of as many as we can think of. Obviously, we're not going to think of every band, but we could probably name a few of them. And as we're naming off each band, let's say if the change was an improvement or if it was a bad change for the band. There's probably not going to be too many of bad changes, but let's just we'll just see how it goes. Okay. So first, you said a band just a minute ago that that I think we should say first. Asking Alexandria with Dennis Dolph. Uh, I think it was an, an improvement at the time, to be honest, because, you know, Danny was losing passion for it, and you could tell that she just wasn't there, but, I mean, then you look at it now, and you're like, damn, well, I mean, at the time, I wanted Danny to be in a band, but you look back at it, and you look at Dennis, and you're like, man, it was such an improvement, because, uh... He had to, like, that that thrill with what they were still trying to do with the band did, music cause, style because Danny now just uh, I, don't, I don't know man it just doesn't seem enthusiastic anymore just like he kind of given up I'm, I'm still not even ho- I'm still not too hopeful on what they're going to do with Harlot again like I'm nervous about their second record because of how like a house on fire was but I'm <clears throat> okay so Three Days Grace, when Adam left the band to join St. Asonia, and they got Matt Walsh from My Darkest Days. Well, it was a downgrade for Adam, because that first album was shit. <laughs> but for Three Days Grace, man, they took the hell off more than ever. I mean, they got so much radio play. You know, Matt just came out with a banger for a first album. So many great songs on there. And then his second uh, album with the band it just it just solidified them as a solid option would I say it's an upgrade or downgrade honestly neither I think you know both are respected in their own ways both provide something new to the band and they just have this unique sound that can't really be pre- replaced I'm being honest yeah like when when I listened to Outsider for the first time I think I'm, I think I might have mentioned this last season. I can't remember as it's been a long time since we did episode six. I believe that was episode six when we talked about Three Days Grace. But um, when I listened to a lot of the songs from Outsider, like Infrared, and you know Chasing the First Time, and uh, I Am an Outsider, Villain I'm Not, like Match just got this kind of he's got this kind of tone to his voice whenever he's singing certain songs that like kind of resonate with me. And it kind of gives me like a thrill in the song that sometimes I didn't get with Adam when he was in the group with some of his songs. So I got feelings from both of them for like like the passion that they put into their songs. But let's just say each one gives me something that the other one didn't. If that's like the best way I can describe it. But personally, I think Adam is a really good solid choice. I'm not gonna say if he, I'm not gonna say he's an improvement or a downgrade either. I would just say that he was a solid choice as Adam's replacement, in my opinion. So, uh, why don't we go ahead and just mention the two bands that we just talked about, because they both have different vocals now, too. Black Sabbath. Uh, 
They had four other vocalists besides Ozzy. Four or five vocalists besides Ozzy. I had to list them all from best to worst. Ozzy being the best, followed by Dio, followed by Tony, then Glenn and Ian. I don't know what the fuck that dude was trying to do. <laughs> it just sounded like a cat getting his balls caught on a fence. <laughs> I mean, that, that dude just just screeching and I don't know man that, if, this if is the screaming the uh, if, if you're a fan of Deep Purple like I don't know maybe their music's different you know maybe they're actually a pretty damn good band I never listened to them maybe he fit their style but maybe I can, I can tell you one thing for sure he sure as hell didn't fit Sabbath though yeah that's probably the same order I'd probably rank them you know no one's gonna top Ozzy and Black Sabbath I mean the only other person I'd probably come closest is Dio, but that's it. But you can't top Ozzy and Black Sabbath, man. You just can't. Okay, um, what's another band? Uh, Kill Switch. I think Howard is the better vocalist, in my opinion, but neither is a downgrade or an upgrade. I think they're on par, if I'm being honest. Like, I, I think, you know, lyrically, the message they deliver instrumentally uh, the vocals they delivered it's on par I mean Killswitch Engage they, they, they kill it in metalcore they're like the kings of metalcore yeah their latest album with their their first single Unleashed that song got me fucking pumped up like I got my blood pumping it was freaking amazing I love I love both singers I think they're pretty much on par with each other too I'm not saying one's better than the other but uh it's it's balanced, I would say. Like I think it's it's perfectly balanced. Like one side's not not heavier, lighter than the other. It's like perfect. <clears throat> so there's another group. Uh, well, we did talk about Saving Abel just a few minutes ago, but uh, you know, Scotty only has one album with the group, so I feel like we. I don't think we should be able to mention them until like you know he gets like more albums under under him, because I don't I don't want to just kind of weigh in on just one album listen you know because you know Jared has three plus like two EPs and Scott only, Scotty only has the one right now so maybe when they release a second record or so with them maybe maybe we can come back to that and I can give you we can give you our opinion on that one but uh <clears throat> what was another band uh Alice in Chains they, they got new singers too after uh after Lane Stanley died back in 2002. Uh, they made their return in 2009 with Jerry Cantrell and uh, their other vocalist. I can't remember his name. But um, I think they're doing great work with the band right now. Like the, They're literally following up in Lane's image. And I'm, I'm loving their albums. Like I love their uh, 2009 album, Black Gives Way to Blue. Um, they made a sweet and touching song dedicated to Lane after he died um they were keeping Alice in Change style alive they still have that they still have that grunge feeling in their music um I'm a huge fan of their follow up album uh, The Devil Put Dinosaurs Here that was in 2013 two best songs on this album the song Stone and Phantom Limb those two songs top everything else on the album you don't believe me go listen to those two songs You'll thank me later. And their third album since returning, which is called, um, oh, shit, I can't even know what it's called. 
There's a song on their latest record though. It came out in 2018. So there's a song called Red Giant on there. Really, really good song. It's about a five minute song. Still keeping that feeling alive as from the the, the music style from the previous records. I think they're I think they're still doing the band great. Me and Tony still listen to them all the time. We're we actually love you know their their current singers from Alice in Chains. Of course, we miss Lane like hell. But um, you know I think they're still doing the band really really good. I think you should listen to them. You might actually dig them. But yeah, I, I I think they're doing the band good. Can't wait to see where they're coming out with. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots uh, underwent a vocalist change. They went under two vocalist changes. You know, they had Scott Whalen from the time they formed, I think, up until about 2010. And that was his last album with the band. And he ended up passing away in December 2015, which is a really sad day. Like, we would listen to all of their... We would listen to... We would always listen to Core, and we would listen to Big Empty and, you know, Plush and Wicked Garden, Interstate Love Song. We would listen to all of those classic Scott Whalen hits from Stone Temple Pilots. Um, then they briefly got Chester Bennington to actually perform as a vocalist for Stone Temple Pilots. He, only, he wasn't with the band for very long. He only did, I think, maybe an EP with them. But when Chester was, a ch- was younger, I think he said it was one of his childhood dreams was to be able to play with Stone Temple Pilots. Because apparently he was a big fan of their music growing up. And his, he actually made his dream come true when he got to briefly play with the band and make an EP with the band. And then he left the group because, you know, he wanted to, you know, he still had a, he still had an obligation to Lincoln Park. So, and he left on good terms with the band. There was no bad blood or anything. And then they got another vocalist after that. I can't remember his name for the life of me. But, um, I don't know how I feel about the, their current singer. Because I've only heard a few songs by them, but like it's, it doesn't sound the same, you know, as like you know, their classic days with Scott Whalen and everything. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to listen to more of their music. It's actually been a while since I've listened to their new vocalists. Because I think they released an album like two years ago. I need to go back and maybe listen to some of it more. But I've only heard a few songs by them. But uh, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to them. Uh, what's another band? Do you have an, Do you have another band you can think of? Suicide Silence. Suicide Silence. How did that one slip slip my mind? So, uh, Mitch. I'm still so sad, you know, that he's gone. I miss all his time with the band. I remember I was like maybe 16 at the time when I first listened to them. It was like back in 2010. It was like early 2010. I think it was like not very long after No Time to Bleed came out and a buddy of mine who I've known since I was a kid, uh, he showed me the band whenever we were out getting lunch one day at school and he showed me No Time to Bleed and I was listening to the record and the first song I heard was Wake Up and as soon as I heard that song I was like, holy shit, this is fucking heavy and I was like, "What? what is happening to my ears right now? Like, something is happening to my brain with this music and I don't know what it is but from that day on I was I was all on board and then of course you know Mitch ended up passing away about three years later after that it was like 2012 when he died so you know a lot more about Suicide Silence than I do even though I've, I've listened to them a long time but um I think you know more about their history so um 
I'm gonna let you take over the reins on this one. Uh, yeah, man. When when Mitch died, uh, Eddie from All Shall Perish ended up taking over on vocals. And I remember they did like a, a memorial show for Mitch, and they had a bunch of different vocalists from bands like A Bunch of Men, uh, Action Alexandria, Bill from Whitechapel, uh, Randy from Lamb of God. You know, they they did that big show, and then Eddie, you know, ultimately was decided as the vocalist to replace Mitch. And his first album with the band, it was a pretty solid effort. You know, he had some bitty some pretty uh, big shoes to fill and I think he did a pretty great job on his first album with the band but was it uh, You Can't Stop Me? yeah but the second album <laughs> here self, we go their self-titled was an abomination man <laughs> I, I get being experimental but what in the world were they thinking how did they think that that was gonna slide <laughs> in the deathcore genre the deathcore genre for crying out loud I mean it, it's known for being heavy, having great breakdowns and deep guttural and you know high screams and and you come out with uh, Doris and, and silence, and, silence, and you, you just come out with songs that sound like it wasn't even mixed properly or it's just all over the place, man. I, I don't know what the hell they were thinking, but their latest album come the hunter great great redemption from their shithole of an album from 2017 or whatever it was yeah great album man you know it went back to their sound and then one the one criticism I had with Eddie is he always tried to sound like Mitch he never embraced his own style you know yeah this album he actually did that he went his own way, you know, wrote in his own style, performed in his own style, and it worked up. And, you know, it took him three albums to do it, but... Better late than never. He finally mastered a great sound, and a good modern sound for Suicide Silence. Now, do I think he's a downgrade or an upgrade from Mitch? I think Mitch was the better vocalist, I'll be honest with you. Not yeah. saying it's a downgrade, but... That second album, Eddie, it, it really hurt you, man. <laughs> I remember, like, all the time at work, whenever we would talk about, like, different bands and stuff, and we would talk about Suicide Silence, <laughs> you would always make the joke of, like, bringing up their self-titled 2017 albums. <laughs> oh, my God, man. You would, we'd always make that joke from fucking uh, the silence, trying to have, like, the country accent to the... Just silence. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> anyway, um, for me, yeah, I, 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 I think Mitch is definitely a better vocalist. I'm not saying Eddie's a downgrade either, but uh, I just prefer Mitch, you know, to Eddie. I'm glad he, I'm glad they redeemed themselves with "Become the Hunter." Really great album, by the way. Listen to it if you have the chance. But uh, yeah, Mitch, it was all Mitch, man. He, he he was best. Miss him for sure. It's been eight years since he's been since he's died. He only made three albums with the group. So uh, yeah, rest in peace, Mitch. We miss you, buddy. So anyway, 
Uh, I think we about spent enough time on here. I mean, we've got 16 minutes on on this current topic we're talking about. So we're going to go ahead and end today's episode, everyone. Um, we hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, getting it a day early because uh, we're not going to be able to record tomorrow, so we decided to do it today because of work issues, work schedules. So we're having to work around it. And this is the first episode we've actually uploaded on a Friday instead of a Saturday ever since probably episode one because I remember we started we started this podcast on a Friday and then from episode two on it's just been nothing but Saturdays so this is like the first Friday episode we've filmed since we started our first episode so uh, we hope you guys enjoyed Um, next weekend which is Saturday August 29th that's going to be our season two finale it's going to be a double album review with the Ghost Inside self-titled album and Seether's new record, which is coming out a day before we do that review, CV's Passim Parabellum, aka If You Want Peace, Prepare for War. Oh, that's a lot. I don't know why they chose that name. It's like so difficult to say sometimes. But um, I'm just going to call it Parabellum, just for short. But um, <clears throat> so we hope you all enjoyed. Look out for our season two finale next Saturday. We'll see you guys next weekend.